Hello. Hey, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Good. Yeah, it's early. <clears throat> it is early. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough coffee. I just got a coffee, but I, I don't like it. It's not a good coffee. Yeah, I have that problem a lot, but I, I, um, I can look. I can overlook it in situations like this where it's early. It seems like in your line of work, you, first of all, I mean, as as as, as, as well. Again, I, I we can cut this out if we have to. But 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 a man of your stature who's learned to harden himself to the world in so many unnecessary ways. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that in your line of work, you can't afford to become a coffee snob. Right, you're surrounded by yeah. by a certain kind of of coffee snobbery, and yet, as a man who you don't know where you're going to wake up tomorrow, you might need to go on the run. You might need to go uh, play a gig somewhere. You might be mm-hmm. at a Holiday Inn Express. Mm-hmm. Right? right. I mean, you need your coffee. Right? No. Right. You need your coffee, but you can't sit around and spend three hours like try to find an artisanal coffee place. I might be at a Holiday Inn Express where the breakfast consists of a crescent, <laughs> like a little piece of the moon, a crescent, and uh, some <laughs> some uh, some jam and jelly. But that is all sort of in the marmalade family. No, no raspberry jam, just like orange jam. Can I can I just be really honest with you, John? I I don't want to live on any fucking continent where that's a breakfast. I'm afraid that the only place that that is a breakfast is in the American middle section. Really, like if you go to Europe, you've been to Europe like numerous yeah. times. You go, and that's that is that is the titular continent of the breakfast. Is that is that accurate? Yes. Well, the so the continental breakfast. Uh, does have the, even, does even have the I'm sorry, elements. even the word makes me angry and hungry. <laughs> it does have these elements, except it has been perverted and bastardized in America. In in Europe, the continental breakfast has fresh orange juice, mm-hmm. a pot of delicious coffee, a hard-boiled egg, some blood sausage, maybe <laughs> uh, a piece of uh, like calf brain, uh, sliced thin, uh, and then there is a, not a crescent roll, but like a croissant or a hard brown nutty roll, some kind of German, you know, like doorstop roll. That's doorstop. That's doorstop. And then several platters of, uh, of, of, you know, that kind of meat that has olives and pistachios in it. Yeah. And, you're I mean, talking about, I mean, it's, it's yes. Yes. So it's almost like a, a breakfast antipasto. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, a, a, a continental breakfast on the continent is a wonderful thing, uh, but it, it, here in America, a continental breakfast is some Minute Made and a crescent with some marmalade. Well, it's, there's, there's, you don't get an egg. No. Well, that's the whole point. They would, then they, I think they would a priori say that that is no longer a continental breakfast because that what you just I've written this on a card. There's three things you just described about a breakfast on the continent. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, I I understand you're not going to get thinly sliced calf brains everywhere. You may have to accept like like right. like a, like a lamb or something. But mm-hmm. three things they thought ahead, they tried, and they spent money. Mm-hmm. And I think those three things are completely absent from what they call a continental breakfast in America. Because it seems to me that you don't need to think ahead vis-a-vis. Mm-hmm. You don't have to prepare very much. You don't have to do things like get oranges to squeeze. You certainly don't have to try. You just right. have to get a retiree to come in at five, which she'd probably do anyway, or he. Right. But it's, it's, a, it's a she. And and spend spend money. You got you got to spend a little dough if you want to have a calf, if you want to have a uh, you know a calf brain. You're gonna have to find a calf, and a lot of people aren't going to do that at seven in the morning. Generally, in Germany, what you have that you don't have here in America is that you have Frauen. You have these Frauen mm-hmm. who um, they are Fraus to translate Frauen into English. Okay, 
Frau. And uh, they're Frau's. And they uh, they take a little pride in what they're doing. They're wearing some, uh, like a, a costume. Uh, they have, sometimes they have a, a doily in their hair. And they come in, they make sure that you're comfortable. They make sure that you have enough coffee. Like, you don't ever sit there and it's, say. It's like a totalitarian geisha. Hmm. No, I'm sorry, Bavarian. Just say Bavarian Frau Helper. Is that right? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a Bavarian Frau Helper. <laughs> uh, we don't have those in America, you know. We no. just have we just have old ladies here. <laughs> this is you know this is funny. You're a word guy, but you know as soon as you said you know uh, Frauen, right? That's the plural. That's women. <laughs> Fraulein is is a girl. Fraulein, yeah. Fraulein, okay. And then you know, in in America, we have all kinds of words uh, for women that have different you know connotations. Some of them silly, <laughs> some of them. And uh, but then you know, I heard about in in France. Maybe this is just one city in France, but I heard that they've they've uh, not only done away with Mademoiselle, but they <laughs> banned Mademoiselle. Have you heard quoi? this? No, quoi? No. It's 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 it's. Um, it's only sur la, uh, sur la madame now. You're either a monsieur or you're a madame. Mademoiselle was seen as, I think, being, you know, not diminutive. What's the word? Uh, insulting. Sure. Insulting. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's like, it's like, it would be like calling somebody a girl. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Or, or, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, miss in America. I like miss. Yeah, but but remember, there was a whole movement to replace it with Ms. Well, I know. Okay, when was the last time you consciously used the word Ms.? Oh, I I, I had used Miss and Ms. Uh, both very often and for completely opposite reasons. Mm-hmm. Do you use Ms. as a? Uh, do you do you use Ms. like ironically? <laughs> oh, nice to meet you, Ms. Wiltsey. Excuse me, Ms. Ms. <laughs> Uh, but you're no, standing on my white loafers. I think Ms. Uh, is the uh, young woman's version of doctor, right? If you call if you call anybody doctor, very few people are going to be mad if you call them doctor. So I learned this in I learned this I learned this in church, which I know you didn't go to, which I don't want to get into. But in at church, right. if you never know what to call somebody, you, anybody, especially like an old man who thinks he's important, you always call him doctor because he's probably one of those dipshits that's God bless him, so to speak, who's mm-hmm. been to the seminary. Mm. Oh, um, I see that right? kind of doctor. No, no. But here's the thing, and this is very widely accepted, at least in the Midwest, in the uh, you know the Church of Christ uh, area. Uh, mm-hmm. You call you call your minister. I love that area though, where the river comes through town it's right yeah, yeah just the, the guilt falls right off the trees you call you you call your minister doctor they call it the land of milk and apologies huh. and so you say to your minister you say uh well you introduce a you know there's this one guy who like insisted on being dr cotterell and he was like he was he was the the the, the wise man of our church he was like the head of the elders you got elders mm-hmm. and you got deacons it's kind of like the like congress right Mm-hmm. The elders are like the Senate, and the deacons are kind of like like uh, you know the House of Congress, mm-hmm. and they're the governing body. And then you got the the head minister, which is you know obviously like the president. And so anyway, but but you know Dr. Cotterell, you, if you called him Mr. Cotterell, you'd be in trouble. That'd be calling like, like calling you know somebody with a PhD Mister. It's just not done. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's here's the thing. You meet somebody, especially in these religious circles, or obviously in the in the circles of, uh, of academia. If you mm-hmm. call somebody doctor, you're never going to go wrong. Worst case scenario, they say no. Uh, you know, Doctor Katz is my father's name. Call me John or whatever. Right. Now with a lady, if you call her Ms., if it's a young young lady, a woman, young woman, a, not a, an, an Uber girl, mm-hmm. you call Uber her girl. you call her you call her Ms. Katz. She's going to be happy. If you call her Miss Katz, you're, you're open you're open a, a whole uh, box of cats. Sure, you sure are. Well, you know, my dad's version of that was to call everybody counselor. <laughs> oh! 
because <laughs> that's awesome. There was a ninety percent chance that anybody he met on the street was a lawyer. <laughs> was a lawyer. So you go, oh hey, counselor, there he is. How are you? When I, when I finally go around the bend, when I finally go around the bend and start inhabiting the hobo that I clearly want to be, and I really lose it and start throwing fucking rice at birds, I'm going to start calling everybody Your Honor. <laughs> when I go to the KFC and demand my free chicken and eat it angrily, I'm going to say, yeah, thank you, Your Honor. Yeah. See, no, like your Your Highness. Now let's come back to this. I want to come back to Your Your Highness and. What's, there's two of those. There's your, hi, your Highness and Your Majesty, and I don't know the difference between those. I'd like hmm. to get back to that. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm talking a lot because I have – I mentioned this on another program. I have, a, I have a pinched nerve, and I'm in an excruciating amount of pain right now. You couldn't oh, tell, no. could you? Oh, so you're trying to talk away the pain. I've done it for 45 years, and it hasn't helped. <laughs> I'm sorry that you have a pinched nerve. That's a very painful condition. Could come back to that. I'd like to get your advice because I, I, I don't mean to do synergy between programs, but I, there was Not a suggestion all. I do acupuncture. I'd like to circle back to that. Hmm. And here's the thing. You're in a yeah. restaurant. You got a frau. You got a you got a um, comida frau. How do you say that in uh, in uh, German? Comida frau, uh, 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 like das an Essen, an das Essen frau. And it, so, if it's uh, like a tish, das tish is male, right? Mm -hmm. The table, the table's a boy. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're, you've already exceeded my useful German. I can say, I can say zwei beer, danke. I can say, is... bitte, können Sie mir wagen für Stationhaus? Hmm. I, I learned how to you. say. I learned to ask where things are. Bibliotheque. Yeah. Where's the Where's the Where's Conan the Conan Vogue Bibliotheque. Yeah. No. I, I my German is uh, just it's confined to the the absolute minimum. Good. But I, I Good. like to sit listen to people talk German. Oh gosh. You know germ germ germ. You know what? I'm not going to go ping pong. I'm just saying. Oh, there's oops. three languages. There's three languages. Oh, let's where, hear that. Where everybody where everybody sounds mad no matter what. Oh right. And I want to see if you can guess them. One of them Germans. What's what are the other two? Uh, one of them one of them's technically a culture with two languages. <laughs> and the third one is a culture uh, whose former incarnation had 10 time zones. Would you like to try and guess? First one is German. What is the second one? Um stand-up comedian. <laughs> what is the deal <laughs> with the former Soviet Union? The thing about stand-up comedians is that their delivery the the only other time that human beings speak that way is when they're furious. What is the deal? What is the deal? Like Who the, are the rocket scientists that are yeah. coming up? It's it's like they speak. They they have a big smile on their face, but they are they're talking like you just hit their car. Okay, number two. Um, mm. This is kind of true with Cantonese, but it's really true with Mandarin. I really enjoy. I, I've, I've tried. I asked people to try and explain this to me because there's a musicality to a certain. It sounds really stupid because I don't speak Mandarin. It's really hard to speak Mandarin. I've learned just enough to say sha sha sha. But but when two people speak Mandarin, it's it's beautiful. Like when it, there seems to be like a familiar version of Mandarin that's very musical. Have you ever noticed this? It's a lilting kind of It's got a really beautiful sound to it. Well, isn't isn't Mandarin a tonal language? Oh, super tonal. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, so it is. It's uh, uh, the pitch. You might mean <laughs> to say you might mean to say Frau Waitress and, and say you're a, you're a cocksucker. Sure. Just you because might, you changed uh, your register a tiny bit. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. I I, um, I I I would I will never understand how to speak a tonal language. No, but but uh, when, when folks talk to each for, other, I, speak, I mean, I speak indie rock, but that's that's extremely tonal. No, hmm. Okay, the third one's Russian. Russian people always sound like they're yelling at each other. So uh, indie rock is, is a tonal language. Russian people are always yelling at each we other. We used to go to a Y. We had a YMCA before we uh, had a child and didn't have time to do anything. We'd go to the Y. 5.30 in the morning, we'd go to the Y, we'd do our workout. And mm -hmm. I would go and always sit in the sauna where everyone would spit. 
And uh, that's Russian and Chinese people, by the way. That's, 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 that's a commonality through all of the cultures. And uh, lots of spitting right right on yeah. the floor in front of you. And, and two guys who were obviously, there was always very kind of heavy, like big, big Russian guys. Russian guys are big a lot of the time. And, mm. and the, you could tell they were pals. But 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 they sounded like they're trying to split a woman. I mean, it was they were furious. It sounded furious, but that's just that's how the language. It's the, you know what it is. It's that consonant sound. There's so much consonant sound in Russian and German. Hmm. Don't you hmm. think? Hmm. Well, yeah, but I but it, it may also be that the uh, that the culture is one of um, of like uh, argumentativeness. There's lots of languages like this. Italian people, you know, famously in in uh, stereotypes talk like this. Do you think there's any language where everybody sounds like they're getting along? Is is that Bellinghamese? Hmm, where everyone sounds like they're getting along. I mean, I have never heard uh, when you are in Scandinavia, it uh, and people are talking. It's it's just like the sound of uh, of a well oiled machine. Is it really sound like the like the way they make fun on Prairie Home Campaign? Is it really like herd bird bird? Is it really like that? <laughs> well, I'm not trying to do Swedish Chef. I'm trying to have some subtlety to it. But when, when <laughs> that was very subtle. Whenever they have like a Lutheran minister from Scandinavia, he goes herd bird bird, and it sounds very. Like that, yeah. Is, is that pretty close? Uh, no, no. It's it's more German sounding than that. Okay. It's not it's not quite so blue de blue de blue, but but um, but you know they don't they don't raise their voices really at each other. I think there's a lot of things you can get wrong, and it doesn't require tonality. The other example, let's say you've got you've got a comida frau, and you would like a little bit more Wasser, and mm. so you you call to the to the waitron at your restaurant. Now mm-hmm. here's the thing. Hmm. What do you say? Like if there's a lady in her 50s at a Waffle House and hmm. you want her to come over to the counter and give you some more of that coffee they got, what if you would like to get her attention? Okay, there's, very, there's various know, ways. I say, miss. That's exactly what I say. There's yeah. no other thing you need to say than miss because miss is the waitress version of Ms. Yeah, sure. You if say you, miss. Because if you say madam, like what the fuck does that mean? Or lady, or oh. as my grandfather used to do, no, you don't do that. That's how my grandfather would try to get. Any... You say "miss" because it's based on the on the the old fashioned assumption that if you are a fifty year old waitress, it's because you never found a husband. Well, and this is why it's good that no one listens to our show. Because here's here's the thing: old people like people to act like they're young, and young people like to act like they're important. Right. Well, I'm, I put that poorly because I have an extraordinary amount of pain right now. But old old that. people like to feel young, right? And young people like to feel important. And so old people you, like to feel like you think they're young, well, and but, young people like to feel but like they're you think fine they're to old. play along with that. There's no yeah, old person that goes "fuck you" when right. you do that. You go, "Oh, you, you, you know," and you make their day. <laughs> it's a nice thing. You that you orange looks great on your lips. I, but I find that this thing that you're talking about with the young people, where they want to feel important, it, 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 you can you can really you can put a stop to that pretty fast. Is you, do you have a uh, do you have a couple tricks for how you like to do that? Uh, you know, when they say something, when they, when, when you say miss and they go, um, um, it's a Ms or whatever, you just, you just keep looking at them for a while without saying anything back. It's not, you're not staring at them. It's not a hard look. You're, you're just, just there. You're just there. You're just there. Yeah. You're just letting that hang in the air for a while so that all the, all the other sort of attendant thoughts like. What what did you just say? You know what also it says? It says it says I'm just here. And you know what? <laughs> I'm not thinking about this, but now you are. <laughs> you just let it sit there for a second and and then So you, you know that person they they might have, might as well have said no please call me Superman. 
<laughs> or Lex Luthor. You say, no, actually, it's Lex Luthor. And you yeah. just sit there with no expression on your face and you let them ruminate on that for a minute. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty, plenty of things that I will, that I welcome being corrected on. But, um, <laughs> but, I, I'm going to probably need a very small card for this, I'm guessing. And I'm guessing but, plenty means almost none. But there are certain, no, there are plenty, plenty of things that I, that I, that I am, that I welcome correction. Mm-hmm. But, um, but people, uh, people in the world who, who second guess my word choice, that is one that I, I really, I do not welcome other people's input into the words that I have chosen. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I choose, I choose my words and then it's not like a, I don't need I don't need a copy editor like standing out on the other side with a like a you know a, a, some kind of commentary. I feel that I feel that way sometimes cuz I but on the one hand I'm very careless and fast talking about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But but sometimes I've chosen a word very carefully because mm-hmm. it means not only does it mean this thing as closely as possible to what I'm so, trying to say mm-hmm. but Perhaps more importantly, it doesn't mean these ten different things, and that's why I didn't choose any of those ten different words. Yeah, yeah. I said I had, was in a conversation with a with a young lady the other day. And I, <laughs> I said, "Was that a Fraulein or a Mademoiselle?" It, it, was, it was a miss. Okay, and uh, and I said something to the effect of, "I was talking about a third person." I was like, "You know, he's a really nice guy, but uh, he's a you know his uh, his arrogance gets in his way sometimes." And she said, "Don't you mean his excitability?" That doesn't that doesn't make a lick of sense. No, it doesn't. But she was trying. I mean, she could to, have said self importance. She could have said pride. No, she she could, was trying to find. She, what, she was changing the to, topic. Is what the fuck she was doing? She was trying to steer me in the direction of being nice. And oh, she, the, don't you don't you mean enthusiasm? Yeah, and in the process of trying to do that, she was also like, you know butchering the meaning of what i was saying or whatever but but that kind of corrective that way that you would talk to a kindergartner or whatever you know is a, is surprisingly common now and I, I i did that thing where i i just sat there expressionless and the room got quiet and i said i know the difference between those two words <laughs> Yeah, that and can't she, stand with you. That's not going to stand. And she, she looked in, down in, into her lap and said, <laughs> "Anyway, <laughs> moving right along." I think you meant to say, "I'm sorry." I think you meant to say, "I'm sorry." <laughs> let's, uh, as as Joss Whedon would say, let's get in a time machine and go back thirty seconds before you said that. What's that from? I just read that in Wired magazine the other day. Some hmm. some guy, it, it was you know some guy and his production staff said right here i think we should put a line with it where he says like oh i'm getting too old for this shit and joss, <laughs> and joss whedon said let's get in a time machine and go back 30 seconds before you told me where a line should go and before you said that the line should be i'm getting too old for this shit that's a, that's a that's a wonderful way for a person in power to say something that's really yeah. good yeah because it's so much nicer than you're an idiot right you know than like throwing your coffee in his face monsieur <laughs> You're fired. Who is this guy? I think a lot of people secretly want time machines. It makes me crazy. It makes uh, me to nuts. Not have a, it makes you nuts to not have a time machine, or it makes you nuts that people want time machines? <sighs> I don't want to get into it because we'll end up talking about politics. But, you know, just people, man. Fucking people. People. You said it. 
you know, it's, it's, it's kind of mouthful. Okay, so you don't think ahead. You got frowns. Now, Your Highness and Your Majesty, I could mm. probably just look this up, but have you ever dealt directly with royalty in your corridors of power? You know, one now, royalty, time. royalty, monarchy. You use different words for this as well. You, you, a few episodes ago, you referred to a baron mm. as not somebody who can't have children, but somebody who is part of the European. I think you said aristocracy. Right. Aristocracy. aristocracy mo- these are these are different terms. What is what is an aristocrat? <laughs> the aristocrats. What is what? Is, so what is an aristocrat? That's somebody born born into into power with blood. Yeah, an aristocracy is a, is a uh, is a, is part of the the oligarchy, the the uh, the ruling tribes. A monarch is a is a king or a ruler. A single a single uh, pontiff. Right, the high the high the high guy, the number or, one or dude. gal or gal or or gal. You're right. You're absolutely right. Or gal. Um, aristocracy. But the you know the there are a lot of words to describe all this. All the all the permutations of like, um, born born class, and uh, they can get very confusing. You can say you can kind of say the wrong thing pretty fast in that world. Right. I, the the only time you know, like most Americans, I was, um, I've always been fascinated by European nobility, and I. Like, am overawed by it in one way, in the sense of like, wow, really? You're a, you're a Viscount? Oh, man, <laughs> how cool. I think you meant to say Viscount. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, like, I'm an American, right? So the second that somebody stepped in front of me at li- in line at the post office because they were, you know, because they were uh, an aristocrat, I would be like, what? No way. I stepped to the side, fool. But I was in a little town in Germany uh, uh, at one point and was, uh, you know, I was kind of sitting in my hotel room and it was afternoon and I heard, I heard uh, the dulcet tones of some tubas off in the distance. And, you know, nothing attracts me. Nothing gets me down out of my hotel room like the sound of tubas in a small German town. Because when the Germans get out the tubas, <laughs> something's gonna happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is that's how they get going. That's how that's it how the, always starts with tubas. <laughs> that's how the shit starts in Germany. <laughs> and if you hear that off in the distance, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. they're getting their later hosen on and mm-hmm. they are loading their guns. Pretty soon they're gonna be retooling the factories. <laughs> so I, I I come down out of my hotel room and I'm walking around this town. I'm I'm, I'm following the sound of the tubas, and uh, and they're all coming from behind this tall wall. And I'm I'm going. I'm circling around this wall trying to find a way in, and pretty soon <clears throat> I kind of find this town hall building and go through a gate and over a hedge or whatever. And I find I get into this this uh, this big yard, and the yard is full. Of guys all dressed in these pretty elaborate costumes, and the tubes are going, and the beer is flowing, and I walk over and, you know, kind of trying to make myself inconspicuous over on the side and just kind of watching what everybody's doing, and they're they're wearing you know hats with big feathers in them and mil- very military uniforms, and uh, so I'm standing there for a while, and I can tell that they that. 
that they're watching me. Like people are looking at me out of the corner of my eye, or out of the corner of their eyes. And eventually, and I'm just kind of walking around like do 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 do. And I, I notice the bartenders. You know, they have a kind of trailer that's serving beer, and the bartenders are teenagers. Te- these two teenage boys, like 15 years old, serving beer. Uh, and eventually a guy comes over and he's like, you know, what are you doing here? You're, you're not from here. He's, he's, he speaks a little bit like... Yeah, yeah, track 29. <laughs> he speaks a little <laughs> bit like like Schultz from Hogan's Heroes, except higher pitched. <laughs> Nothing. What, what are you doing? And I said, oh, you know, just coming through town. He said, this is a private event. And I was like, oh, uh, I'm sorry. You know, I, I'll leave. And he was like, well, it's okay. You know, you can come have maybe one beer. And then, then you go because it's, this is private. And so I, he takes me over to the bar and, you know, and I, I get a Coke, which everybody thinks is hilarious. <laughs> now all these guys are talking to me, and it, and it's and it is a it's it's Schutzenfest, hmm. Schutzenfest, which is a which is the shooting festival. <laughs> oh God! Uh, um, where everybody dresses up like a sort of like Napoleon, uh, and then they and it's it's like a it's a sort of a summer festival that they have is it a is it a funky mummers kind of like we're having a taking the mickey out kind of fun thing or is it is it solemn no no it's very fun they're having a it is a it is a it is a big beer drinking occasion which uh which most holidays in germany are but 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 it's a kind of you know it's one of those festivals in germany where it's rooted in the idea that they're all they're all hunters Mm. And so anyway, so I'm I'm there at the Schutzenfest, and then all of a sudden everybody gets really excited, and we all turn and we're looking back at this city hall thing, and on the balcony of the city hall, this very well dressed man steps out with a with an attractive young lady and a couple of little girls, and they step out on the balcony, and everybody goes oh, oh blah, 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 and they all kind of run around and they get and they. They form up in ranks, and the guy that has has sort of appointed himself as my uh, my tour guide. He's like, "Oh, it's the it's the Duke." I'm like, "The Duke, a real Duke?" And he's like, "Yes, it's the Duke." And and th- and I was like, "Is that the city hall?" And he's like, "No, that's the Duke's house." And this is the big moment, you know. And. The Duke comes out, and, and I learn very shortly that the two teenage boys who are serving beer are the Duke's sons. Oh, is that a mini Duke? Like uh, some kind of, yeah, it's like a petite Duke. Uh-huh. I don't, I'm not sure. They're, they're pro- probably those two guys right now are down in Curacao somewhere killing American girls on, on the beach somewhere. I do. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but so the Duke is there, and then all these guys, which they're all the townspeople, you know, from around this area, they all form up in ranks. And start marching around the the yard, and as they and so they're marching now, and they're all drunk. <laughs> and as they walk past the Duke's part portion of the house, like they're marching in a square, basically marching up and down the square. <laughs> and as they walk past the Duke, 
they break into goose stepping. Oh, come on. Are, there, are the tubas still playing at this point? I swear, I swear to God, yes. The tubas are playing. Oh, and, you know, and there's some other horns. Ugh. And they, they're, they're goose stepping. It's the only time in my entire life when I've seen, like, real spontaneous. This is in the last 30 years this happened? Yeah, no, no, this happened 10 years ago. Oh, God. And, uh, you know, and uh, there's nobody at this party except the people. And me, I'm the only outside observer. And uh, I was really, like, flabbergasted. I was primarily flabbergasted that I was meeting these, these German aristocrats. Uh, and then the goose-stepping really put it over the top. And did that, nobody, uh, nobody, like, kind of, did anyone rustle around kind of uncomfortably? No, 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 no. But but as the evening progressed after the goose stepping, and then then it just turned into like some serious drinking at that point. I had many long conversations with those guys about how about how they missed Hitler. Hmm. He wasn't that bad. For real? Too bad about the Jews. Is it okay? Is it is it a little bit like states' rights kind of thing? Is it a little because the thing is, in reading this book and you know that I've been reading and stuff, you start to, you, like it or not, you start to realize that part of the, the whole thing with the South is they just didn't like being pushed around. They sure didn't like their primary. Um, but isn't it awful that we can't talk about this without some kind of like implicit apology? It's it's fucking history. People did not like having their livelihood threatened. Mm. First of all, by anybody, nobody, nobody liked, likes nobody likes that, down. right? But then the whole idea. Of of somebody in in the north like telling them that they're wrong, mm. unchristian, mm. and doing something that must be stopped, and then having a law about it sat mm. pretty poorly with a lot of people in the south. Setting aside the fact that they own human beings, which is not super cool to do, mm-hmm. and is that kind of the case here? Did they, oh, well, they, I mean, did, the- they did they miss the certainty? I mean, did they miss the snappy outfits? What did they miss? You know, uh- it's not like they strictly they didn't miss genocide. That doesn't come up. You know, that's, that's, that's a third rail. Yeah, well, no, nobody... The dry, nobody the, dry in, the dry rail. Nobody in Freckenhorst or whatever town I was in, you know, was conscious of genocide. They're, they're, you're talking about people that have lived in the same 600-person town their whole lives. Right. You know, they, uh, they're just, they just remember when they were on top. And it always, every, every person in the world thinks that 30 years ago was better than now or 40 years ago was better than now. You know, it's, it's just a, that's a, that's a really modern and perhaps contemporary conceit. How do you mean? Well, it seems to me that there was a time when people understood for a variety of reasons, maybe it's because they didn't read a lot of books about history. Maybe it's because somebody, their family had always farmed. Mm. They've always had a couple kids die every generation. There was probably, for for a lot of people, for a hundred years, things kind of stayed mostly the same. It isn't like they sat around and went, you know, I wish uh, Norman Lear was still making TV shows. There was there was a lot of, you know, sameness. There was the same, you sang the same hymns. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there was always, I, I can't imagine that throughout history, there wasn't always a guy who came into the town and said, it's the latest, greatest saddle. It's, mm. This is the newest way to make a make a, a horseshoe, and I'm going to revolutionize the way you make horseshoes. And as soon as that was the, that was adopted, the new horseshoe was adopted. There was some guy sitting on a hay bale that was like, "Man, in my day, horseshoe making was a art." 
You know, there, I, 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 I you think can't, you can't, you can't new and improve this because it's already as good as it can get. I think sentimentality is basic. Is a basic human. Mm-hmm. If it, you know, you read books going back all the way, and people are like, "Boy, it's, it ain't like it used to be." It's just the most common. It's the most common response, I think. To, to I mean, in America too, the the uh, the South by the time of the Civil War, you know, this conflict between the North and the South had been going on. From the very beginning, it was already 150 years old. So the South wasn't just like, don't push us around. The South was... Well, slavery, slavery I mean, it started in like, what, like 1640, something like that. It was, it, you know, it, it had been around for a while, but then I'm pretty sure, and it was in the North in some places for a while, it was just that most, if I, again, I'm not a historian, but if I remember correctly, it's just that all the Northern states had stopped doing it and gone, you know what, this is kind of fucked up. They, 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 had, they had done that a pretty long time before the Civil War. Oh, 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 yeah, a very long time. But the conflict between the North and the South was much, it was rooted in in the fact that the South was settled by, dare I say it, aristocracy. You know, the, 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 the people that settled in Virginia were generally the second and third sons of royalty in the, in the UK who were not in line to inherit the mansion. That's like, what, Scotland and stuff? Like, there's a lot of Scottish people in the South, right? Well, the Scottish people came to the South much later. The original Virginians were all from from Southern England, hmm. who and they were, you know, they were the they were rich. They were the Cavaliers. They had class. They had money. They rode horses and they farmed, and they were, you know, they were people. They were sword fighters and they were they had gallantry. Those were the people that settled. In Put the, your cape in, down for a lady, right? Exactly. The people that settled in the North were Puritans and were very like uh had a, an extremely different culture uh that was very dismissive of that cavalier kind of uh kind of gallantry uh, they were they were much more you know they had they had a work ethic they were industrious mm-hmm. and that so that conflict in the in America between the sort of prudish uh, finger wagging north and the swashbuckling south was written in it written in the cards from the very beginning this is uh really reductive and you should correct me on this if i'm wrong but uh one reductive way in my mind but what you're saying is that a lot of people in what we would call the north arrived here looking for religious freedom or freedom Mm -hmm. from religious persecution i wonder if on some level people in the south came here looking for entrepreneurial freedom absolutely and the people from the south had for a long time no interest in breaking ties with the United States or with the uh, with the United Kingdom um or I guess England at mm-hmm. the time you know they were just it, the choice was either stay in England and be the third son of the duke or come to America and be the new you know the new prince of your 50,000 acre farm <laughs> in Virginia so to- two totally different cultures and cultures that did not see to- see eye to eye were contemptuous, contemptuous of each other from the very start, you know. And I think you see that you see that in the Continental Congress when they're trying to write the Constitution. You know, the the attitudes of of uh, delegates from the Carolinas versus Massachusetts—they're just coming from a completely different place. Yeah, it's amazing that it could happen at all. Can I, can I return to the sentimentality and thing for a second? Because there's something you talked about. May I? 
Yes, please. <clears throat> he said something after we stopped recording a few shows ago, and I, I wish uh, we could have talked more about it because you, you should just tell the story. But there's that wonderful, <clears throat> that wonderful phrase we've all heard attributed to people who lived under Stalin and people who lived under Mussolini. I don't remember. You can tell me which one it is, but there's a phrase you hear, right? And what's that phrase? Oh, yeah, right. I, I, I learned this. <laughs> well, tell, first, from... tell what's the straight version? What's the straight version that everybody knows? Oh, the straight version is, you know, yeah, sure, Mussolini was, <clears throat> was a bastard, but at least the trains ran on time, right? At least the trains ran on time. That's the thing that everyone always says about fascism. It's the... It's the apology for fascism that despite all the concentration camps and despite all of the you know the marching through the streets with torches at least the trains ran on time and it's it's usually in my mind anyway it's spoken in the voice of the like oppressed people who shrug their shoulders in their simple peasant garb and go well it's bad news but at least at least he made the trains run on time right right and also it's it's i think in some ways it's primarily spoken by intellectuals who are trying to find who are trying to say like that that the that the good side of fascism that there is a good side to fascism you know it's a it's a it's the classic sort of new york response like well at least the trains ran on time it's you can't you can't dismiss dismiss fascism out of hand it's it's (laughs) surely think that's what they're saying it's well it's shorthand for it's shorthand for trying to understand like how do how did how did these systems like seemingly work? How was there a Soviet Union? I think, I think of it as an, a, a, an excuse for not an excuse. I think of it as a reasoning for culpability where you go like, Oh my gosh, how could people sit around oh, while these awful okay. things happen? You know, the rape of Nanking or, right. you know, any that stuff you go, run exactly. Time. Well, you know, the pe- the reason the people didn't rebel was that they didn't have the, you know, they didn't right. have the weapons and the trains ran on time. Right. That, yeah, it's exactly right. Excuse, excuse for culpability. Well, in any case, my friend, <laughs> my friend Wesley Stace, the author and performer under the name John Wesley Harding, his father is a uh, was a professor, and his father lives in Italy, and his father had this tremendous insight recently in, in, in speaking to Italians that Wesley communicated to me, which was that initially that statement was spoken ironically that the italians were saying not only did fascism do all these you know commit all these brutalities but the trains didn't run on time the trains have never run on time they didn't run on time under mussolini they didn't run on, they're not running on time now it was it was spoken ironically at least the train well, at least the trains run on time <laughs> Which and completely, completely changes the meaning. <laughs> it flips it absolutely upside down. And and when when Wes explained this to me, I burst into tears. It was so, it was so profound. The understanding that that, that the trains never ran on time, and that somehow that had been garbled in translation. And my entire life, people have been saying it to me, as you know, as this apology for fascism or this excuse for culpability as you say and and to understand that no that was that was meant ironically and it always was uh, you would never an italian would never say that with, unconscious of the fact that <laughs> that that they were being sarcastic i just i cried and cried i was so happy <laughs> i was so happy and so just devastated like ah oh, 
oh my god for the for want of like just the just the tinge of pronunciation you know for the for the want of that i've been i've been walking around under this <laughs> misapprehension my whole life it's amazing train, trains never ran on time mm. yeah yeah <sighs> You think that you know what we should we should avoid the Hitler talk? I don't know. We, it's been a long time since we talked about Hitler. I was thinking about that. I was realizing that uh, both the ping pong and the Hitler had largely fallen to the side, and I was trying to decide. And you know what? Not that it's good or bad. It was, I was observing it. I was merely observing it. I, I you know I'll talk about Hitler all day. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah, I know. I know how you feel about Hitler. Um, I've been listening carefully everything you said, but I just sent you a link. I've been also <clears throat> been reading about the different titles for royalty, and I, can I just make one one first of all. You're, you are you are the person I've, I've gotten this quote wrong a couple of times, but you're the one who I I, freak, I frequently quote you having said even Bono has a boss. Yeah, right. In the context of saying, well, you know, everybody's got somebody that they've got to please. Well, you know what? In fucking royalty, there's always somebody who's over you. I'm realizing. In, yeah. in, in, in this, and so this page I sent you was what uh, royal, noble, and chivalric ranks, and it's farcical. How many different? I mean, what a what a bureaucracy there is to this stuff. And you think yeah. to yourself, okay, well, obviously at the top. You, you got a king, let's say. But you know what? You can have a high king. A high king is a king who rules over lesser kings. And you're saying to yourself, well, obviously, if you're the high king in charge of other kings, no, 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 no. You know, then you got the emperor. Mm-hmm. You're the Caesar in this case, the czar. You've got somebody who's in charge. I mean, and come on. That's, that, that, is, that's, that, that seems to me like noble inflation. Well, and not only that, Because you have an uber emperor? It, it, certainly in Europe, you have all those situations where, you know, Queen Victoria and... The and and Tsar Nicholas and um, and Frederick Wilhelm, they were all cousins. They were like first cousins. They right. all had a, they all had the same grandmother. I mean, how and and you're fighting you're fighting World War One, and it's it's like you're you're it's like a family dispute. In some everybody's ways. a little German, right? Is that what it is? Isn't there a lot? Like my I have my friend Grant, who I think you've met, is from South Africa, but he's somehow weirdly related to like German royalty. It's like mm-hmm. almost everybody on the planet is somehow almost German royalty. I think. Yeah, the Germans had a lot of. Well, that's the th- amazing thing about it. They had a lot of little principalities and little, little. Uh, uh, the the nobles there kind of held on to their autonomy a lot longer. Like the in the UK, there was a the king of England, right? And he and so you could be you could be the Duke of Umbria or whatever, but the king was in charge. In 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 uh, in Germany, I think they they maintained they maintained their little borders a lot longer. So if you had a if you had a third daughter and you were trying to marry her to somebody and and somebody said, "I am the Prince of Yugoslavia," and someone else said, "Yeah, I'm the you know I'm the Viscount of some German hole in the wall, some some bend in the river here in Thuringia." <laughs> I, I think you picked the German over the Yugoslav in general for your third. I think daughter. I think you're looking to to, to get some, the German. You got some German royalty who wants some French or English land. Based on everything I've seen on television, I'm pretty sure and, and in films, I think you're always you start with a German and then you end with a farm somewhere in England or France. Mm. Mm. I don't know if that's accurate. You have the Catherine of Aquitaine, you know, you got uh that's I can't really think of many other ones. <laughs> but listen, well, I, I want to well, I want to save you some trouble here uh, because I don't know if you would make the same error. Do, do you know the distinction between your highness and your majesty? Are you aware of this? 
Mm. I had to look it up. No, tell me. I see. Here's the thing, and then you get your royal highness, right? Your royal majesty, and all this stuff. Here, here's the uh, according to uh, Wikipedia, which is always right. This mm. is the distinction. Your Majesty is the second person form of address for somebody who is greater than a prince or princess. Your Highness is the second person appellation, which I think mm. is also a mountain chain for someone who is is the king or queen. I think that's I think that's what it is. Your Highness. Yeah. Which sounds like maybe you would say it to somebody about weed from. Thank you, Your Highness. <laughs> but what is so? Who's higher than a prince or princess, except for a king? Well, if you like, I can go through this. We've got uh, you got okay. So you got. Uh, I'm going strictly English here. I'm going to avoid all this uh, this this Arabic stuff and and whatnot. Right, the Khans and the Maharajas. And I'm the, avoiding the Tsars and the Caesars and the whatnots. So you got your you got your kings and your queens. They're they're yeah. pretty high up. And if you, I'm leaving out the high king thing because frankly that sounds fucking made up. I mean that's kind of like isn't that kind of like a special Olympics of royalty? You're just trying to. It's almost like the Kim Jong Il thing. Like you're just giving yourself titles. You if you're a I mean? high king, I think you are in a um, George R. R. Martin book. Is that a science fiction? I don't know. I, I've never read them. I just was hoping Four, that... 420, was, dude. 420. I was hoping that that would connect with, with our, with our audience. Oh, okay. I was, I was hoping they would go, yes, a reference to a thing that I know. Well, you get, Avengers. The, you get the kings and queens, and then you got the princes and princesses, and then everything fucking falls apart. You got archdukes, grand princes, dukes, princes, dauphins, uh, in infant, inf- that's the the infantes, the, the, the Spanish ones with the with the uh, with the uh, blood disease. You got electors, marquises, marquesses, and marquises, landgraves, counts, vicounts. Uh, Freihairs, that's a high-level baron. Then you got barons. From there, you go to baronet, dom, domines, knights, patricians, nobiles, esquire, and then if you're just a regular old fucktard, I guess you're a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm just fucking scanning this. This is a very extensive article, but there's all you know. I don't even where Bono, where would Bono fit in this. I think Bono's a prince. Mm, no, I don't. Well, in in rock and roll, yeah, yeah. Bono's a duke for sure. Oh, okay. So he's got a, a duke has a duchy, right? A duke is is I always think of the duke as being the highest nobility under the royal family, under mm-hmm. the prince. Uh, uh, un, you know, the king and the prince. Are part of the are the leading family, but a duke is the next highest. He has the, um, and I mean, I guess an archduke, Ugh. an archduke function. Functions this is just fucking king. ridiculous, John. You know, I used to have a dot com job. I moved to California to work at a dot com, yeah. and of course, it was a debacle. But right. you know, you know how like on the Daily Show. Uh, I mean, it's I, I hope people get this bit, but it's a great bit because every correspondent is a senior correspondent. Oh. <laughs> right, you know, we've we've got our senior, you know, uh, electoral uh, election food correspondent or whatever, and at one point, this this is uh, this is, uh, one of the great indignities I brought upon myself in my quote unquote career. Um, so I'd been at the dot com, and I'd been there for the grand sum of like approximately like nine months, you know, and I was making pretty good bank. Especially, Did you guys by, have a ping pong table? Uh, don't say that. It's called table tennis. <laughs> Actually, that's a funny story. Is was when our boss, who who might as well have had a snidely whiplash mustache and giant bags with dollar signs running out of the place, <laughs> he finally had. He was so used to being like a guy who made the trains run on time that when he 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 had to, my boss had to grudgingly say had to say to him, he didn't grudgingly say this, but it was grudgingly accepted. He said, "Look, you know, I got these people here and they're working a lot. And, you know, it's California. You should you should get some silly stuff for the office." Uh-huh. And Bob was like. Actually, his last name was Prince. Bob, Bob said, you know, um, you're kidding me. Like, like a Fruit Loops dispenser. 
<laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yeah, almost that silly. But you have to understand, this is a man who, who owned all his businesses in Florida, uh-huh. right? And Florida was, as you know, a state's rights <laughs> state. Yeah. And he pretty much treated people like state's rights, you know, servants. And so with the idea of, yes, we had a ping pong table. We had a, a, an electronic dartboard that made noises. And, and these were brought in and, and put in, in the middle of the room in the same way, you know, it was, it was what, I mean, it, it was like, it was like some kind of a fad from the sixties kind of thing. Like you get it, you bring it in and then nobody touches it and it just takes up space. Cause if you're sitting there <laughs> playing fucking ping pong or if Bob could hear the dartboard going score, like you might as well have been sitting there doing bong hits in the office. <laughs> You know, but, uh, but, uh, so I was at this job and, you know, I was already making pretty, pretty okay dough for it, but like I, I was greedy and I wanted more because we hadn't had our dot com, you know, IPO cash out yet. Right. And what I was able to negotiate, even though I did not have any reports, any direct reports, no one worked for me. I did, I was, I was a web producer and I did get a promotion to senior web producer. Yeah. So me and the other web producer both got to be senior web producers, even though we were the only two web producers. Right. But so that, it, that's a kind of you know, what it's called, high king, king of kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you, you were a, you were a, you were an arch viscount. I think it's viscount. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I love about you, though? I love that you know all of this shit so well. No, seriously. No, no, no. So setting aside your mispronunciation, and I'm sorry to correct you on that. No, no, no I it's think fine. you mean, I think you mean past the duchy. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got you so i don't know if I'm, I'm if i'm getting this right but it seems to me that you know fucking shit tons about all of this stuff mm. and you're and you don't particularly love any of it like you, you think it's probably silly that there would be a duke and an archduke right <laughs> what, now what if ferdinand had just been a duke would we have stayed out of trouble oh well yeah probably if he had just been a duke he was you know he was next in line so. that was trumped up right wasn't that totally trumped up how do you mean well I don't know anything much about World War One, except that the geography of Europe used to be much more interesting uh, mm. before World War One. Did in World War One you got a lot of that consolidation that was really confusing, and then that we didn't go back to until the last few years, right? Oh well, after World War One, that was the big point. The big point of Woodrow Wilson's like solution to his world problems, multi-point plan. His big, yeah, his, that's right. His twelve-point plan was um, Woodrow Wilson at the end of the war said, "Here's the problem with the world." All these different groups of people, all these ethnicities don't have autonomy. They don't rule their own countries. And so we're going to we're going to give everybody like authority over themselves. That was his that was his initial idea. And uh, of course everyone else on the victorious side in World War 1 did not like that idea at all. And they kind of thwarted him. But it was the justification. They used it as a justification to do what they wanted. They perverted his idea. Uh, and Wilson was a, was an innocent. And so he just got walked all over. Um, but before the war, there was, you know, Austria was Austria, Austro Hungary controlled all of central Europe and they just dismantled it. They just took it apart. They took Hungary absolutely apart. They gave part of Hungary to Slovakia part of Hungary to Ukraine, part of Hungary, a big part of Hungary to Romania, part of Hungary to what became Yugoslavia, part of Hungary, they, they might have even given a part of Hungary to Austria. Well, and then France, too. France got sliced up like a fucking birthday cake, right? Well, they... Well, I mean, don't you have places like Saxony, or you've got, not Saxony, but you've got, the, like, Cologne, which is yeah. kind of German, kind of French, right? Uh, Strasbourg, 
went back and forth many, many times. After World War I, that, that area went back to France. And then the Germans wanted it back in World War II. It was a big part of... Part, you know, when you, when you talk to people in Hungary about World War II, it's the, it's the most amazing kind of cultural disconnect. Because you, you think coming from America, you think everybody's got the same story about World War II, right? The Germans were bad, and then we all fought them. The end, right? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a story that we have taught to us from the very beginning, and, and, and you don't really even have space in your American mind for, for many different narratives, but there are so many different stories about World War II, depending on where you are. And the Hungarians think of World War II as being a very, very, very minor episode relative to World War I, which is the big war to them. And World War II is just a continuation of it. Because Hitler went to the Hungarians and said, I'm going to give you back all the, all the land that they took from you. Mm-hmm. And the Hungarians were like, whatever you say, because we are still really pissed about this. Well, you and know. everybody's got, it's almost like, uh, you know, if you go back far enough, setting aside, you know, like history is written by the victors or whatever. Like, you know, you, you're not taking into account stuff like what, like Armenians and, and Turks. You're not taking into account, like, in all, all of these really, really giant, uh, things that just affected millions and millions of people that everybody has. It isn't like somebody went, Oh, like you say, Hitler, Hitler was good. Hitler was bad. I mean, it's, it is very nuanced. I mean, people who worked at BMW probably thought Hitler was pretty great. Mm, Right. Well, and also the Germans that lived in the Czech Republic or lived in the Czech part of Czechoslovakia. Oh yeah. They felt like they're going home, huh? Yeah, they were like, hooray! My friend, like I was saying, my, my friend Grant, who is uh, from... And by the way, I'm, this week I will have to change this into the history uh, section from philosophy. <laughs> I wonder if I could do that every week. I might do that. But Grant, I said to Grant, Grant, when I first met him, you know, 1986 or so, I was like, oh, yeah, you're from South Africa. You guys must really love the ANC. And he's like, well, actually, a lot of uh, people... You know, think of them as a terrorist organization because m- a lot of what they did was blowing things up. <laughs> it isn't that we think, you know, it isn't that you know uh, we're sitting here and we're white people and we we love or hate black people. It's a lot more complicated than that right. <laughs> because you might be really pulling uh, for apartheid to go away, but then your shit gets blown up. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, the the politics in South Africa uh, that 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 keeps me up at nights. There's so much to so much to not understand about that uh, about that part of the world. You know who I blame? Mm. Can I be honest? The Dutch. Wow. One of the numerous reasons I do not want to get started on the Dutch. Strong words. I keep thinking about that lady in the window. It really haunts me. As I'm sure, as I imagine, it haunts you. Mm. Your lady number two. I don't want to bring this up again, but your lady number two from Amsterdam. Yeah. What else were we going to talk about besides my pinched nerve? There was one other thing we were going to talk about. I don't want to talk about my pinched nerve, but there was something else we were going to talk about. Tubas. Tubas. You're the one with the note cards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been trying to listen. Listen carefully. I don't write it all down. Trains on time. Virginians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. According to that book, picking Richmond as the capital was kind of a weird idea. It was, it was, it was hard to defend. But, you know, then, and again, in Richmond, well, you know what? We shouldn't talk about poop. Mm. But... um I don't mind hotels. They, 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 I sometimes think too much about hotels. But you know, if you're, if you're, I, you know what I like? I like a place. I like a, I like a Marriott. I love a Marriott. I, you know what? Mm. Sure, there's going to be bad Marriotts. There's bad everything's run mm-hmm. by Mormons. You ever notice there's that big portrait of the two Mormons in every Marriott? I hadn't noticed that. I hardly ever stay at a Marriott. Is that right? Where do you like to stay? 
Well, you know, I've been turned on to these Clinton hotels recently. Clinton? Clinton? Clinton. They run all the hotels where you walk in and there's like a... There's not just one superfluous tube-shaped fuck pillow. There are like four. Uh, oh, it's They're a like, boutique. It's a boutique it's hotel. A boutique hotel with four furry fuck pillows per room, hmm. and some kind of. It's not. It's not quite ironic art, but it's like uh, a framed tarot card on the wall. Oh you know, God! So, it looks like. Uh, oh God! What's that magazine where it's all horizontal wood? Uh, oh, dwell. It looks like dwell. It no, it's like- not. That's the thing. It's not dwell hmm. because there are too many fuck pillows. It's uh, it's like baroque, baroque dwell, right? So it's you just blew my mind. So first of all, there's yeah. a, there's a there's a definitely a, a tubular fuck pillow indicator where you can walk into. And we know you enjoy a pillow, and and so you you can go in there. First of all, there's these pillows all over the bed, and so that's part of what distinguishes. Is it all, is it architectural? Is there a level of service? I'm just saying on the homepage there is a picture of a man very happily drizzling honey from a very high height onto what looks like a lobster leg, <laughs> and it's super creepy. Ooh la la, Kimpton. It's Kimpton Hotels and oh, Restaurants. Kimpton, Kimpton, yeah. So it's a chain of like, ah, uh, yeah, boutique, boutique hotels. Is it the W kind of thing where they get a urine-soaked uh, hobo hotel and then uh, clean it up and put in some green apples? Yeah, that's the thing. Same thing. So, sometimes they'll have a bust of uh, of Benjamin Franklin, but they'll paint it orange. Oh, so, they took so it and they turned like, it right. Whoa, what? Uh, it's orange. So is it? Is it? Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, is this? Is this is May, right? Is this May. The month yeah. that we're in right now. Okay, good. So I can I can say it. I, I, I once I, I only get it once a month. But is it postmodern? <laughs> How do you feel about postmodern? Boy, I don't even know. You know, when you just said that, I don't even know what that means anymore. I don't think I ever knew what it means. I used to. I used to feel like I really knew what that meant. Of course you did. But I, I, you just said that in that way, and I'm just, I don't have any idea what postmodern means anymore. I don't. I. I, I I'm not sure I knew what it meant in 1988, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely sure I don't know what it means now. I think that it doesn't mean anything anymore. I think it's like Farfignugan. Well, I think Farfignugan, it can mean, mean, means the joy of driving. I don't yeah, know but I mean, you. that's a pretty fucking elastic resource, John. <laughs> what, about but, hosp- what about Hospitaliano? Is it like Hospitaliano? See, now, I don't think I ever knew what Hospitaliano means, but I, I didn't. I, you know, until very recently, I'd never been to Miami. Hmm? Is that considered a hot seat of Hospitaliano? What? What'd you call me? Hmm? Uh, I don't know what Hospitaliano is. Hospitaliano, I think, is the spirit of what they would like you to think you're getting at an Olive Garden. Oh, it's an Olive Garden thing. It's an Olive Garden thing. And, and as my friend, uh, I'm trying to remember which one of my friends, I think it was Ape Lad, but somebody recently pointed out, I had never noticed this in 20-some years of going to Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. In your head, can you imagine what the sign slash logo looks like. It says Olive Garden in kind of like green letters. Olives around it or an olive leaf. Right. You're thinking it's got olives, right? Yeah. No, those are fucking grapes. Uh-huh. So think about that for a minute. Whoa. Mm-hmm. An olive garden. Mm-hmm. But there are no olives. See, no, the fr- no, it's got a... I'm looking now at the internet website for them. Oh, my God, this place. Ugh. Now let me just say, yeah. uh, you may hard, you may find this hard to believe, but I have only ever been to the Olive Garden one time. You are dangerously close to that guy right now. I know. I don't know on a TV. <laughs> <laughs> T 
turns out. out. It turns out. Is that something I need a TV to know about? The thing, Olive Gardens are not. Uh, uh, they, they, there were. I don't think there was an Olive Garden in Alaska. No, well, in fact, I know that there wasn't because we would have gone to it. If it would have been more more costly there in Hawaii, anyway. But you know, you know, I, you know, I'm surprised with you. I mean, you enjoy you enjoy a hearty meal. I do. I've, I think I mentioned this to you before when I was in college. We we discovered something that you could order. When I say off the menu, I mean you know, uh, what would you say, avant menu, as mm-hmm. they would say in Germany. You could order salad and breadsticks. It was like six bucks, and it was unlimited salad and breadsticks. You get a fucking bowl of Alfredo sauce for a, a buck or two, and for like $8, you get re- 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 refills. And co- you sit there for four hours, and just getting high on breadsticks and, and free salad refills. Put, and putting Alfredo sauce on your salad? No, 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 no. That you said is a dipping sauce. Oh, I see. Oh, you just sit and eat it with a spoon, like a tablespoon. <laughs> no, no, you dip your breadstick in it. <laughs> Don't be, don't be a jerk. I'm just surprised because it seems to me that you're a man who can, if I may say, you're a man who can put away some groceries. And there, I don't, I don't a, mean in a cabinet. There's a place here in Seattle called, uh, what the hell is that thing called? Di Napoli, Di Italiano restaurant. Is it a chain one, Pomodoro? Yeah, it's a chain one where they have, you know, they serve you big platters Ugh. of spaghetti. What's Ugh. it called? Uh, Beppo. Oh, Yeah, that place is shit. The you look nice. The, we had a you look nice today summit at the one here in town, and it was it was one of the silliest meals I've ever had in my life. Yeah, so it's that I, fake high service thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, and we have well, I, I've eaten there a few times. That's my that is the Olive Garden equivalent. Yes. Um, but it thinks uh, it's putting on airs, you know? It thinks Well, not that Olive Garden isn't putting on airs, but that place was, when we went, when Adam and, and Scott and I went there, it was really expensive, mm-hmm. and it had that, don't even get me started on the fucking fake high service thing. It makes me apoplectic. But I really hate that whole, how's the meal? Would you, can I get you anything? Yeah. How about you refill literally everything on the table? How about you, <laughs> how about you just bring me more of everything without saying a word? Yeah. That's what I'd like more of, dickhead. Yeah, they they do the uh, at Beppo. They do the thing where as they're seating you, they walk you through the kitchen. Oh come on! As kind of like Mr. Sinatra, let's take a walk through the kitchen, and uh, I'll show you. You know, I'll show you where the the raviolis get made. We call this you, the tracking a shot. <laughs> you're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're 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 made to feel like hey, you're hey, a get a table up front. Hey, look at Teddy oh, Youngman. Hey. hey. <laughs> the floor is just is uh, it's just worn down into a trough from all the fat asses that walk, walk. All, the, all the obese tourists walking yeah. through the quote-unquote oh, kitchen look, a table up front yeah yeah because you know what i really what i really want to know is that a lot of strangers have passed where my food is being made yeah, yeah, yeah. people walking through there just sneezing do they make you wash your hands before you go in <laughs> no, no, no! It's like right inside the front door. Fuck that! Like if yeah. you're if you're like if you're like at a dim sum place and you need to go to the bathroom, they're like, we don't really have a public restroom. You go, no, but seriously, I have explosive diarrhea. They go, sure. You got to walk through the kitchen, yeah. right? See, that's fine. That's fine. No, and no, you go in there. There's a mop the, bucket. That's fine. That's a real working kitchen. They have this. They have this made so that you couldn't. You can't get your hands out to touch the food. It's one. <sighs> it's one of those like. And here is where Jefferson slept. Kept keep moving. Keep moving. You know, there's like a red. Have you seen our orange Franklin? <laughs> There's a, there's a, uh, 
Like a red velvet rope. I, you know, a, John, I know you don't feel as strongly. I suspect that you do not feel anywhere near as strongly as I do. But, there, you know, all the things where you get really heated up, this mm. is absolutely on my list. And it, 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 makes, me, it makes me completely crazy. Mm. And because, you know, and it's, it's uniformly, like a shitty hotel, a shitty chain hotel, a shitty chain restaurant will cut corners on every conceivable thing and then act like they're doing you a favor. Mm. You know, and it's all fucking microwaved, you know? Anyway, it's kind of fucking people. I find it very hard to eat in a chain restaurant, but here in here in Seattle, so for instance, there is no there is no Outback Steakhouse or Red Lobster or Sizzler or uh, Claim Jumpers Ugh, or Claim Jumpers. Any of those places there there are none of those places in Seattle proper, but they are all located just south of town. In the South Center Mall area. What about do you, have, do you have a sclerotic McStuffingtons? <laughs> <laughs> what about what about uh, what what about uh, uh, DJ Angina? Yeah, there's a there's a Sherry's, there's a Cherries, there's a Terry's, mm, there's an Applebee's, there's a, a Appleton's, there's a all on the same road. Yes, so it's like auto malls. It's like an yeah. auto mall, right? You got all this shitty like uh, bourbon chicken places all in one mm-hmm. like one fucking pathetic district. Exactly. If, if if you can tell me the difference between a claim jumpers and a outback steakhouse, I will put in with you. But they're right next to each other, <laughs> and both you don't them, like an outback steakhouse. Both of them are well. You know, you walk into an outback steakhouse, and it's this exact same thing. That the girls like. Hi, welcome to the place. Sit down now. Can I? What is the first load of shit I can sell you? Right in, in the next forty-five minutes, where I'm going to be super friendly to you as I try and foist blooming onions on you. Yes, and and upgrade you to a mud pie milkshake, and then get you the fuck out of here so I can get another load of fat. We want four. We want four turnover, Four turnovers tonight. Yeah, fair dinkum. And so. You know, going into those places, it's just like, oh, it's just more, it's more damage to my psyche than, I mean, the food isn't terrible. I mean, I eat a steak at an Outback Steakhouse, whatever, but, but, yeah, but you damage- know, Seattle, Seattle, buddy, I hate that. I don't want to keep bringing this up, but you know, first of all, we, our family needs to come to Seattle and visit you, but, yes, please do. but, you know, can I give you a letter and a, artisanal and a name? steaks, El Gaucho. Yeah. We, we got artisanal steaks. We got El Gaucho. Oh my God. I was out the other night with the, some mutual friends. Of yours and mine, some rock musicians. <laughs> and we, are they still my mutual friends? Yeah, 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 absolutely. In fact, your name came up uh, uh, with one of the mutual friends. He was like, "I'm going to call Merlin. I, I miss Merlin." Oh, yeah. Uh, but we were, we were, we had just gotten out of the movie. We went to see the Avengers at the big, uh, at the big Paul Allen owned Superplex. Oh, is that the one with the funny letters? He took a picture of the cin- cin- Cinerama. Cinerama, yeah. Right, right, right. And uh, we we were out on the street and it was like hey we're, we're we're four guys we're four bachelor guys out on the road let's get some steaks and i said let's go to el gaucho but it was oh, midnight oh god we couldn't go to el gaucho so we went up to this uh one of these new fancy restaurants where the waitresses have neck tattoos but <laughs> but the steaks are like 45 dollars <laughs> And this is this is the, this is it, this new it thing. It writes itself. I mean, well, obviously, it's a new thing. It's like, all right, I get you where you're coming from. I guess. But I had a forty five dollars steak at 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 twelve o'clock at night, and um, it was no El Gaucho. There was no man in a tuxedo who was cooking that steak on a cigar, like you get <laughs> El Gaucho. How does it compare to 13 Coins? Is 13 Coins, are, are they going downhill? How, it's mostly rappers there in the, in the middle of the night at 13 Coins, right? 
Uh, 13 coins is definitely like uh, the clientele is is part of the fun. But 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 you the, can get you can get a full like fake fancy meal at, at yeah. like 3 in the morning, right? 3 in the morning. You can get steak Oscar with uh, with crab. And they're wearing they're wearing tuxedos and suits and stuff, right? Uh, it's a it's 13 coins is the is the go-to if you're if it, for me, if I want to bring somebody from out of town and show them a restaurant where at three in the morning <clears throat> you can get you can get steak Sinatra with fried clams and and cheese poured over it, while the guy sitting at the table next to you is wearing a pink suit with a fedora. Those, a, those, 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 the the booths are very private. You can't see who's in a booth until you're yeah. right next to it. And staring into the booth is very awkward. But it will frequently be like a small entourage that is obviously there with somebody who is or considers himself a rapper. A ra- uh, yeah, a rapper or a sports oh. star. I mean, or perhaps yeah. a sex professional management a sex person. Professional? A management, yeah. sex, sex management professional. Yeah. You often see girls in uh, in very tall, lucite shoes. Oh, right, right, Sometimes right, right, right. lucite shoes that actually have live goldfish in do them. Do they still do that? Can you still do that? I don't know. I sure. I've always wanted a pair. Of I've been shoes. there with you, like I think maybe twice, and I'm 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 always really really struck. And and but it's very civil. Yeah, yeah, everybody's everybody's on their best behavior, but it, but lately I have felt that the, the the quality of the food has declined from its former glory of one quart of half and half in everything. <laughs> like, I, I'd like I'd like a I'd like a, a a Spanish omelet, please. Oh, all right, let's put a quart of half and half in. That. You know what's beautiful though? The half and half part is it's half beef and literally half cream. <laughs> it's like cow two ways. <laughs> I, I feel like there's, they've started to skimp on the half and half. Oh, that's bit. no good. Yeah, but I, but I, that, that that could have just been an off night. How to compare to to uh, n- uh, neck tattoo Joe's? Well, the thing about neck tattoo Joe's is I walked in. <laughs> this is this is the thing about uh, Capitol Hill. You walk into a place, and you know I wasn't I wasn't my foot wasn't even in the door before somebody was like John, hey, and, you know, and I'm so I'm walking down the walking because not just simply because you're a rock and roll celebrity because that's like your old neighborhood. The old neighborhood, and if it's a if it's a new restaurant with forty five dollars steaks, and the waitresses have neck tattoos, it's a pretty safe bet that that's going to be full of people. They, 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 they probably know and or hate you. Yeah, you know, I actually had a very interesting <laughs> experience later on that night hmm. where I was standing out in front of a uh, of a rock club, and people were pouring out, and then a little group of people gathered who decided that they were they actually constituted a club. Which was the I hate John Roderick Club. There was oh. a little, little like three or four guys who were like, "We all hate you," but they uh, they just they 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 they, would, they didn't leave. They wouldn't go away. They stood there and wanted attention. Oh, that's so creepy. Uh, we you know we're mad at you. I don't I like, like that type. I don't know what you're talking about. That's we talked about me. this before. The I know every like you like the dude who wrote the creepy uh, email. Yeah. I, I, I get this at the places when it's like the, the person who's like, "Hey, how's it going?" I know everything you do, and here's four jokes about that, but you're a dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really, really nice meeting you, but I have to go kill myself in another part of the building right now. I'm gonna. Here's the thing. This is really, it's great to meet you. I'm so glad you've taken the time, but I'm going to feign a stroke in a minute, and I would like you to go get fake help, and then I'm going to run away because it wasn't a stroke, and you're insane. Yeah. That's nice. Now, now the thing is, John, here's the thing. Mm. Oh, boy, I was about to say something. I'm not going to say it. Mm. It has been said. Turns out. Turns out. It has been said, not by yeah. me. Let's put it this way. Yeah. 
uh, I'm talking about women, but I'm going to say it's all about all people. That sometimes people, <laughs> people, one one way that you can you can get to somebody, whether it's to make them pay attention to you. This is a classic kind of uh, those fucktards in the seduction community. All you don't have to make somebody like you or love you. You just have to make somebody feel strongly about you. Mm. This is this is one thing, and this is probably why why so many women have the have the terrible taste to be to be obsessed with you. <laughs> I mean, for everybody involved, it's a terrible terrible idea to be obsessed right. with you. But you, but you know what I'm saying, and you've certainly had this experience. You know, I mean, because a lot of people will tr- you try and re- and reach a person by saying, "Oh, I'm going to give you this one pole of the feeling strong thing. I'm trying to make you love me." Mm. But the thing is, mm. you know, the opposite of love is indifference. You know, it's not hate. Right, and so if you make somebody, but you get somebody good and fucking mad. In this case, you got these, uh, you got you got these little uh, motorcycle boys out here trying to act all tough about you. But what, you really, you're gonna fucking have like a He-Man, uh, John Roderick haters club. Like that takes a lot of goddamn work. What are you, the secretary uh, treasurer? Pull up your pants, asshole. Yeah. Take off that fucking hat. What are you? What are you doing? The problem with the John Roderick haters club is that the that the focus of your <laughs> the focus of your anger in this case nominally John Roderick doesn't care <laughs> exactly and so and it's like my, yes yeah. yeah you know what if i had any idea who you are i might have to consider whether this is something i need to think about <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure that this is not going to impede my progress down the sidewalk so. it's like it's like a cat it's the cat the cat is like please notice me so i can ignore you yeah the cat comes into the room and will not be happy until you notice it so that it can then transitively ignore you and that's yeah. the same thing with these uh, these little boys now how old yeah, yeah. are they these uh, little indie rockers Oh no 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 no! I, the, the 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 young indie rockers don't don't uh, the young indie rockers are are mostly respectful. No, these are the you're, the, uh, you're are, like their Orange Franklin. Yeah, they, that's right. These are the middle aged indie rockers who who have lived long enough to to imagine that they have some beef with me. They that I did something to them. That's the point. Oh, they're trying they're trying to make you steam. Well, they're just trying they're trying to express the thing. They're trying to express the like the. I remember when your band opened for my band, Energy. Oh, that is not what I expect. I'm sorry. I apologize. I thought I thought these were going to be kids in skinny jeans. You're you're talking about uh, about people who have profound personal problems and may smell like cats. Yeah, no, no. The people, the the, the young kids in skinny jeans, they come up and give me one white rose. I mean, they're very, <laughs> they're all very good. You know that. Even, even as, if, as a symbol, as a symbol of the uh, of the French Resistance, right? Yeah, even even if they go home and they're like, you know, uh, <laughs> mad about music or something, like they 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 appreciate that. Like, you're, you're, are you are you considered an elder statesman in I'm Seattle, genuine, John? I'm genuinely an old man to them. You know, they're just like, oh, Swami. You know, oh, hello, like old person. Here is a. I brought you a flower. It's like Dylan going to visit Woody Guthrie. Yeah, no, it's just the old. It's just the like the the guys that are thirty five to forty five, who are, have been playing guitar for a long time, and some of them have have uh, been very successful, but for whatever reason they feel like, and it isn't even a case where I stole their girlfriend. It's just a case of like, <laughs> I shouldn't, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't be entitled to be the way I am. Let me just be clear. There should be There rules. are people whose girlfriends I have stolen. I just want to be very clear that this is not the case here. Probably not the case. Now, well, your, your, your dining partner, can you imagine how it must be for him? Because it's so, it becomes so hip to, you know, I, I don't even know if the kids say hip anymore. They probably say, you know, 
uh, you know, pussilicious or something. Oh, they but, say hip, but they but when they text it, they put like seven P's at the end. See, I, I could see them actually having one P, but then it's all lowercase and has 14 H's. Have you, know? you noticed them doing that? Have you noticed this about I, kids now? I don't, I, I don't understand what is so fucking hard about using sentence case. Yeah. No, Are you talking about the, multiple letters? Multiple letters. They're, they're doing this thing where, they, where every word has like... So a word like hip, which has three letters, they write it with 15 letters, but they're all just H, 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 I, 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 I. But it, it doesn't... It isn't, I don't think, meant to connote... Is that like a rage comic fuck thing? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it's meant to be like, But no, it would be hip. Damn. It sounds like they're describing the medical privacy law. I don't understand it, but I see it all the time now in the young people. But when you talk to them, they speak like normal humans. Is that right? I think it's... I got to tell you, I never saw this coming, John. It was a tough transition, but I'm so happy to be at a point where I can look down my nose at this stuff. It feels so good. It feels so. It's like becoming. You know, they say a lot of women don't really discover their. I'm, so, I'm not going to say women. They say a lot of people don't really discover their true power in life until they stop being in the game as based on their s- sexual attraction. That a lot of people, and I mean women, uh, they get super powerful after they get to like menopause. Because like, you know what? Fuck everybody. Fuck right. you. And I, right. I, I'm totally, I love that. I love that when women get to an age where they're like, rather than the ones who are like hanging on with the loose side heels and they're like pulling their face back like the lady in Brazil, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, li- I love the fuck you lady in her 50s. I fucking love that. Well, see, now this is the problem. Maybe one of the problems with being a guy is that uh, that as you get older, as, as a man, particularly a man with a certain stature, you get more attractive mm-hmm. because you're, you're gray hair and the wisdom that's in your face but you also get crazier makes you more appealing so you're never free you're never free of being a uh, sexual sexual highly sexualized sexually charged uh, object of being a a highly sexually charged what kind of stature do you need for that to really become a problem more than i have i think you're sandbagging you're sandbagging more stature i think you need you need a larger stature I think your I think your problem it's not a problem. I think your challenge is that you make a lot of men and by, by by men I mean people. But you make a lot of men feel strong feelings and they may not understand their strong feelings mm-hmm. and they confuse them. They mm-hmm. say that a lot of a lot of people, by which I mean women and men, confuse their strong emotions and therefore what starts as hate can feel like love. Or and, vice versa. You just blew my mind. Right. Hmm. Right. Indifference. So, the, so this whole group of people that's like, I hate John Roderick Club, they all have chubbies. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as much as they can in those tight pants. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, how do you have a club about indifference? I guess that'd be the Senate. <laughs> a club about indifference. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> what? Have you heard? What are the, what is going on with these nut jobs in Congress? Am I right? <laughs> Hotel soaps? Really? <laughs> Uh, but you have to sound angrier. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're saying you're saying you could take like a yelling match, and by doing it in a slightly different tone of voice, you do it turns into bad stand up comedy. Yeah, right. Like for instance, you sent me this uh, royal and noble ranks. Sure. Now I'm going to read it to you as though I'm angry. <laughs> Tra- traditional rank among European royalty, peers, and nobility. It's rooted in late antiquity in the Middle Ages. It's basically stand-up comedy. <laughs> it's funny. It all yeah. becomes stand-up comedy. Yeah. You just read something, you read anything or say anything, like you're really mad, like somebody just hit your brand new car, 
That's that's just stand-up, all of a sudden. Bad stand-up. I have historically thought that the catchphrase, and I've got to stop looking at this, the, the, the Olive Garden page has something called a slider, which is, if you've ever seen this, you land on a web page and there's a picture keeps changing, and I think I might be having a, 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 a grandma seizure. No, what's the little one? Grandma seizure? Is that her name? What's the other one? What's the little seizure? Petite mall? A, a petite mall seizure. What's the a one grand- that's French for orgasm? Petite grandma, mort? A grandma seizure is just under an archduke. And what's a petite mort seizure? That's when a little guy. That's when a little Jewish guy comes. Petite mort. Uh, when you listen back, you're going to laugh at that. So Olive Garden, I thought historically, I'm not laughing. okay, you're laughing on the inside like a like a clown. <laughs> Which one is that? The um, is that Congress? So <laughs> Olive true. Garden, my back. I have such a pain in my back right now. Olive Garden, I thought that their catchphrase or their whatever their service mark was hospitaliano exclamation point. I'm seeing now here on the page and this with this epileptic uh, website of theirs. Uh, this is the registered trademark next to their logo. When you're here your family which which i think by extension means and when you leave fuck you in the eye <laughs> as long as you hear your family buddy when you leave here don't let the door hit your ass you know well that's uh, that's why they're trying to get you out because while you're there your family you know it's all about so turnovers that's what moving, it is keep moving not well, popovers, i just put but turnovers. Italiano into into google just because i've never I, I have no idea what this means first thing that comes up olive garden hospitaliano exclamation point Registered trademark. That's in the, Oh, look at that. It goes to the... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here's everything that's wrong with almost everything. There's a Hospitaliano man? <laughs> that sounds like the worst superhero <laughs> I've ever heard Hospitaliano of. man. Would you like more breadsticks? <laughs> well, wait. It says in the Urban Dictionary that... <laughs> <laughs> you give somebody a Hospitaliano... <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's what you do. You stick your finger into their pasta and turn it around. Then all your friends jump out of the closet and shit on her chest. And then everybody goes, Hospitaliano! <laughs> now leave, because you're not family anymore. Well, apparently Hospitaliano is, is a subset of Authenticante. What? Which is, which is derogatory slang referring to the average American commercial idea of what Mexican food should taste like. Is this Olive Garden or Umberto Echo? <laughs> We're on, on, on an urban dictionary now. Okay. And, and Hospitaliano is, is a subset of that along with Bulliversament. I don't even know what the fuck. How do you pronounce that? Blumpkin? What's a Blumpkin? <laughs> Stop there. That's it. No, 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 no. We're done now. Oh, Blumpkin. 